Hi Gwen, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah. Doing a lot of yeah, doing a lot of stuff to prepare for GDC. Just oh, a lot shit. of stuff. Yeah, you got GDC. That's co- when is that? I I just got an invite to like. I'm not going to GDC, but on Facebook I got an invite to like. Here's a party at GDC you should go to, and I was like, shit, that's that's coming up quick. Yeah, it's in like three weeks. Which party are you get invited to? There's I have no parties. I'm indie now. I don't have like my mind's I don't have the Microsoft party. That makes me sound really cool. It's it's friends. <laughs> like <laughs> it's uh <laughs> it's uh uh Holly Figueroa and Chris Figueroa having a party and they're both lovely and uh, mm-hmm. they invited me to it and I was like, Oh that made me sound like I'm getting invited to GDC parties left and right. I'm really not. But still <laughs> that did make me think GDC is very soon, as you said it. it- it is very soon. I think the best the best stuff at GDC like that is always the parties that are just with friends. Honestly, yeah. Even like, I feel like it's changing over the years, over the time. Well, this is hard to say. It's hard to separate. When I started, when I first went to GDC, I was a student versus when I was like in AAA versus when I was indie versus when I'm selling. Like now, I'm going as a business person. So. Ooh. Well, you know, like last year I was pitching a game to publishers. Yes. So they're very different vibe, right? Versus going for like, because you're in AAA and you just launched a game and you want to be like, yeah, I just did this. Check out all the cool shit I do. Yeah. It's just got a different vibe. What's it like? Are you even talking about what you're doing at GDC yet? Like, what what, what are you doing? This year? Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to, uh, yeah, so this year I've, Scaled back the speaking. I'm only speaking once on Monday, and what? it's a very short. Yeah, people love it's... your talks. I saw the poll, <laughs> the Twitter poll. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just a lot of work for the longer talks, and I I think I'll give the part of it is the reason that the longer talks are good is because I have something to talk about. So I wanna like mm. I wanna give a couple longer talks after I launch Kine, right? Ah, that makes sense. Also, I think it'd be fun to speak in places that aren't GDC. I'm yes. kind of into the idea. Yeah, like I'm into the idea of speaking in it, it not GDC in other places um, for various reasons. I mean, I, I go back and forth on this. There's a lot of... you. GDC is good because their YouTube channel is huge. And when they put your talk eventually on YouTube, you get a lot of views and stuff. And so it can be really, really good. Mm. Uh, but like, there's a lot of world out there, right? This is very true. There's a lot of people, it would be cool to go speak in, a, in Australia or New Zealand or I've never been to anywhere other than America and once or twice Europe. I was going to say, I've I mean? seen you in London physically, so you've yeah. done that at least for, and Birmingham, the wonders of Birmingham. You've yeah, been so there as well. Let's see, so I guess I've gone to Europe three times total, which is cool. Yeah, but, but still. Like there's, you know whole continents out there there are especially because like i i talk and hang out with rami a lot now i'm like shit i should you know go try to get to one of these places if possible i've been saying that for a while i think you people fucking love your talks i think you would be good on the on the circuit as it were it's expensive well i I can i can do it if i can get it paid for in some way you know what i mean yeah yeah i guess yeah (laughs) Flights aren't cheap, Mm-mm. so that so I have uh, experienced many a time. 
They are certainly not a cheap endeavor. Still, what, here's a thing you could do. You could speak at PAX East because I'm going to also be there and I can actually watch one of your talks from in the audience. So yeah, for, if definitely. only that reason alone. <laughs> PAX East is brutal this year because it's literally the weekend after GDC. Uh, PAX East is all, like, I swear, like, is it just getting closer to GDC? Or Because every year that I've gone, every developer that's there is like, oh, why is it so close to GDC? And I'm like, I didn't go to GDC. Ba-bam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's for developers every year. You get the South by Southwest GDC PAX East happen at, like, basically the same time. Yeah. Uh, and it's brutal. And so you pick one. And I'm, for various reasons that you'll realize as soon as GDC hits, I pick GDC. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to make some announcements. I'm going to, um, hopefully, this year is different from last year. This year, so last year I was pitching, I was working at the Molasses Flood. I was pitching that project. And I was still, kind was this solo project passion thing I was doing on the side mm. on the weekends and stuff. This year, kind of, like at the end of last year, I exited the molasses flood officially, kind of wound down slowly over the course of last year. And then I uh, started working on Kind full time in, what was it, October? I think so, um, yeah. Managed to get some funding together. Not a lot, like, but six figures. So decent funding together. And um, I'm going to be showing what I'm making. So I've, I'm Ooh. getting together a build. Uh, to for the press rather than before pitching, I was pitching to publishers. Now mm. I'm like maybe showing hands on to the press a couple of places and stuff. So it's a different kind of stress, but it's still like it's just a different feel. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. That well, the only thing that's not cool is the fact that I'm not going and I won't be able to see any of it for like a year. But I'll be able to read oh. about it on Twitter. I'm not gonna lie. I'll probably be showing it to anybody because the the press are way more likely to go to PAX East than GDC. It just happens to be that, like, I've got I already have flights to GDC and I'm already speaking there, so I have a free badge. It's the first event where there's a lot of stuff there, and I did get like a managed to wiggle into someone's booth, so I'll be oh, showing nice. on the expo floor. Yeah, shh, don't make that too loud. But yeah, I'll be showing on the expo floor at GDC. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I didn't even really, you know, I've never been to GDC and I've also never even seen it. So it's like, I did, you said the expo floor and I was like, oh yeah, I guess there is. I guess it's not just talks. <laughs> like, no, I mean, the expo floor is, it's not, GDC is supposed to be not consumer facing. So yeah. the expo floor, it's an unusual place to show a game. The, you have, uh, usually the people who are showing are people like middleware companies, NVIDIA or um obviously epic and unity and all the the companies that sell wares to to developers yeah like they're the ones that show things but sometimes they need to demo stuff using a game and i got a game so and bam I, free booth space is free booth space yeah. so i'll take it but yeah on the other hand there's not a lot of consumers there it's kind of it can be really really fun to show your game at gdc because you get other developers yeah, I suppose, yeah, you get, because the whole development community, I say the whole, a big chunk of the Western development community does seem to descend upon GDC. Yeah, it, it's, that's, there's something really fun about showing your game to other developers, there's something really fulfilling about it. I, I do enjoy that part of things. Um, so showing at GDC can be fun in that way. Other than that, though, like, GDC is... It's not supposed to be consumer facing. You know, I saw a thing um, 
Google is showcasing their stuff at GDC this year. They actually have a keynote this year. Yeah. Oh, oh, they're actually doing a keynote. Yeah. Oh, like they're doing a, like I, I don't know if it's normal to have keynotes. I, maybe this is a new thing because GDC also has a general keynote now, which is a bit. Usually, a I thought they only keynote. had the. Sh- yeah, like they got a big keynote speech thing, and then they've got which I, I thought before they just had the game awards. Maybe I'm crazy. But, but yeah, so there's is a, it like a a person of high renown who comes in and is like, I am GDC is open, <laughs> like that kind of a. I don't know, vibe. man. I've done I've done no research into it. I just saw that somebody was like, I'm gathering stuff for my part of the keynote, and I was like, the key, the GDC keynote. There's oh, a shit. GDC keynote now. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know where this is. It's new, as far as I can. T- or or it's not new, and I've just never gone. You know, I don't. This industry is so fractured and you get so into your own thing that it's like there's things that are insanely popular that I don't know about like I found out and I've I've been so game artist my entire career that Mm. I've never gone to a design talk I didn't know the experimental gameplay workshop existed and that's like the most popular thing at GDC apparently oh shit so there's this whole thing that you're like oh I never even interacted with this no, yeah, basically, and it's and now I went back and I watched some of them on YouTube. I'm like, shit, this shit's cool, man. Like, <laughs> that was there the whole time. Was there the whole time? Yeah. Oh well, I mean, it's the difference between being when you're in AAA, you hang out with AAA. When you're in AAA, especially because those studios are so big, mm. you and GDC is this amazing moment where you're like, if you're the like, I'm a technical animator. I get maybe one other technical animator that i work with yeah you know and if you're at a large studio these days maybe you have like a handful of people but you are the specialist in the thing yes you are the person that does all the ragdolls you know what i mean yeah yeah and there's nobody else in your studio that does the ragdolls because that's what you do and then you go to gdc and you meet the person at you know Sis, like the the person at EA that does all the ragdolls for Battlefield, and the person at oh, Call shit. of Duty, like that does all the like the one person at each studio, and we all get together and we're like, yeah, ragdolls, man, fucking ragdolls, <laughs> and so you get way into your own. Yeah, I bet, right? Yeah, it's this beautiful moment where you get way into your own niche, which and now we have, I guess, Twitter, so that's less exciting. But like that used to be so fulfilling and exciting to find. Oh my God, you're me, but over there. Yeah, like, yeah, that's really cool. Also, I got to imagine, like, just swapping tips and shit and finding out how people do things. And, oh, you do this and this and you use this. And that's got to be pretty cool when you're so yeah. specific and niche. Yeah. Or, I mean, and it takes both sides. It's very similar to Twitter. Like, you'll also get together behind closed doors and be like, yo, did you use this middleware? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah, didn't that suck? Yeah. And then you'll just rage against, I don't know, FMOD for, like, just... Uh, like hours at a bar and it's a good time yeah. it's a good time <laughs> yeah I, it's weird like even in my specific niche like i of like producing live streams it's weird just when you mentioned like specific software like it is a weirdly exciting thing to sit down with other people that do the same thing as you and be like oh shit you tried so you think this is bullshit as well yeah it's not just me. Yeah, yeah. Or especially when you're dealing with it, when you're dealing with middleware, you'll talk directly to the companies. And every now and then, there've been a couple of companies I've talked to where I've seen them just kind of talk down to a developer, like, "Well, I mean, 
this is just how it works and everybody oh, else God. can figure it out. Yeah. And then, then you go talk to the everybody else and they're like, that asshole gave me the same fucking line and we are just as pissed. <laughs> it's great. I love it. I like it's because I think there was a couple of bits of software that like was universally known. Like you found out and you were just like, God, this thing just doesn't work, does it? And it was like, no, no. Oh, it doesn't work for anyone? What the fuck? Why don't they fix it? <laughs> yeah. I, and I mean, there's other reasons too. There, like GDC, it changes over time while you go there. Mm. Uh, and so I can't say how, and it's also just changed over time, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know what it's growing into. I do, I do think showing a game at GDC is weird. And I hope, I like I'm part of the problem because I don't want GDC to be a consumer show. Yes. Well, it, it doesn't isn't. need to be, really. Like, it's it's not necessary. Like, it, it's... I don't even view... Like, you know how I'm like, I don't know what it even looks like on the inside. I don't... Because it, nothing of it is streamed and on the internet other than the talks, like, a year later. It kind yeah. of almost has no relevancy to me. But I'm just like, I, it's GDC, I guess. I don't know why I would care. Well, other than, <clears throat> you know, people I know. I mean, the awards show, I think, is kind of streamed. And you get, like... Yeah, I, I liked that it's not a consumer show. And I'm worried with the... I'm worried with Google showing what they're doing at GDC. Which I think is really cool. And I am so fucking excited to see what Google is doing. Mm. And I think it's interesting they're choosing GDC over E3. Um, I think that indicates they they want to pitch whatever it is they're doing to developers first. I hope that's why they're doing it. I would think so, right? You wouldn't go... Like, the news from GDs... I mean, I will hear that news, but it wouldn't filter down to the consumer from, like, a behind-closed-doors... Even though it's not behind-closed-doors, if it's not on the internet, it might as well be behind-closed-doors. <laughs> so it's like, no one's going to see it. So they're obviously really making a play for developers. Yeah, I yeah, I suspect it'll be out there. I suspect they are yeah, making up a, a trying to impress developers. I suspect they have a bit of um ground to make up perhaps because Google Daydream wasn't super God, what one uh, was Daydream? That was their their last piece of hardware that they tried with the phone stuff, the VR stuff. Oh, um, yeah, they have had so much. I mean, we've spoken about my opinions on Google sometimes before. I love and also wish they'd stick with an idea sometimes. Like, <laughs> I mean, they, yeah, they, they tend to do the same thing a lot. I, I think they've, it's, we're moving towards an interesting space right now. Uh, we're in an interesting time where we're moving away from um, the idea of an Xbox and a PS4 mm. and a console. And we're moving to just storefronts. Like, I think you and I were talking about this before this, uh, about Game Pass is now available on the Switch and will probably be available everywhere. Is Game Pass isn't... R rumored to be announced rumored. for, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> like... Hey man, I haven't signed an NDA. I don't know for sure. I don't know anything for sure. If I did, I wouldn't be able to talk about it. Right? Yeah, exactly. But I, I, was because... just, I, wasn't, I wasn't covering you. I just meant like, it hasn't officially been announced or it yet, but like... Nah. It pretty like much it's, has. It's got enough credence. Yeah. yeah. And I, they've kind of, I don't, there was something on Gamma Sutra at this point. So at this point, it's got to be pretty clear. Microsoft mm. is making two consoles, one of which will be st a streaming box where there's gaming in the cloud. Yeah. So you, you can see where this is going. This is subscription services, cloud gaming. 
on a probably cross all all kinds of hardware the next xbox isn't a thing that's tethered to a piece of technology it's definitely a cloud gaming platform in my head yeah um which i think fits like i think we rather than say this will this game is exclusive to the xbox mm. uh, and will eventually come out on ps4 and and pc you will say this game is exclusive to the epic game store and will eventually come out on the other storefronts or exclusive to you know game games with gold game pet whatever yeah. microsoft is calling their next thing um, oh 100 that 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 seems like the logical or the logical progression based on where everything's going because mm-hmm. there's no idea I, I think the concept of hardware um of a game latched to a piece of hardware is going away basically yeah it kind of feels like it but the all these moves feel like it. it still only feels like I mean, even Sony have that PlayStation now. Like, I have a friend who will sit and play on his really old, uh, I think it's a MacBook. Like, he sits and plays, like, The Last of Us. You just use a PlayStation controller and connect it to your laptop. Or you can do it with your TV. Like, that already exists. So, yeah, it's older Man. games, but it's still, like, the service has been in for a little while. Which makes you wonder, because I haven't heard anything about Sony. No, like, the, and I don't know, man. Like, the only thing I've heard was a while ago, and it was just a really higher-up Sony executive saying, we are investing in next-generation hardware. And it was That was it. But they're, mm. them not being at E3 this year, and there's still, like, a lot of first-party big releases that aren't out yet, but have been announced. Stuff like the next Last of Us game and that days gone the zombie one had this really weird booth at pack south that, that was like zombies hanging from rope in like a thing and it was like Ugh, this is a <laughs> i don't know is this rad like i couldn't tell you like this is <laughs> kind of gross Dude, you, you gotta wonder about marketing you gotta wonder how much that stuff impacts thing like how how i oh, i know at E3, they used to have massive statues and spectacle and yeah. stuff, and that was to that was to impress Walmart and be like, "Look, we got money. Our game is hot shit. People you're are gonna want to put us, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're gonna want to put us in this sweet place in Walmart." But I, like, why are you doing that at PAX? I don't like, know. It, what's the return on that kind of marketing dollar? I enjoyed the very Bostonian way you said PAX. By the way, that was a uh, what did I say? Word PAX. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut up. No, I liked it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, don't not... know. I just walked past it because I was there for Pack South most recently, and I'd walk by it and just be like, Ugh. but <laughs> but you do get like I remember. I think it was TwitchCon, and I think this statue might have done the rounds. The giant dinosaur you could sit on for Ark, like you get them still like at consumer events. I guess just to like a lot of the time, I think it's for people to take pictures with them, like. Because a lot of them mm. tend to be based around, like, there's always a bit where you can stand and it's like, have your photo taken here. And I guess just mm. maybe, I don't know, like, social media buzz? I'm, I'm not sure. It could be, yeah. Like, that's a way to, that's a kind of subtle way to encourage influencers to talk about your stuff. Yeah. And I guess in a world where your marketing is being done by influencers and not by the press as much anymore, maybe that's... That's smart. Maybe that's a good use. Of, I mean, it's got to be smart. Like, there's 
reasons why people spend what, how much they do on marketing. Yeah. Those marketing budgets. Christ, oh, my God. They're insane. I've uh, been, yeah. <laughs> I've been hearing all about marketing budgets and whatnot. And uh, yeah, you can spend mad amounts of money. Just uh, uh, like more than it costs to make the game easily mm -hmm. just on advertising the game. Yeah, that's why they're, there was a phrase back in the day, killing it by shipping it, which is like, Oof. you know, a game's not going to be successful. So you just ship it, uh, but don't spend any marketing. Yeah, just uh, it's out now. There you go. Bye. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that happens sometimes. Ugh. That's the worst. Yeah, dude. Dude. This gets back to, um, I am still interested because of this influencer stuff and because that is how you market games. I think it's interesting what Epic is doing uh, specifically. And there was a dust up on Twitter like, I don't know, like three weeks ago or something mm. about this where people were like, why are influencers getting a cut of game sales? Isn't this terrible? Um, oh. Oh, does that come directly out of game? Oh, well, yeah. Twitch had been doing that. That wasn't... But I guess Epic Store doing it as well was like a... I think they're doing it... I don't know I guess there anything is. about this. <laughs> but what I've read is um, for the first year of the store, Epic is covering it and they're doing something where some percentage... If, if any streamer can get a link, mm. this is the what will it, uh, theoretically happen. A streamer gets a link... Um, for a game and they stream that game and they can spam that link or put it anywhere they want. Yes. And if somebody clicks that link, the streamer gets like a percentage of the sale. Yeah, like a referral link. That's not a exactly. unusual thing. And, and then that comes out of Epic's back end for a year, but then the developer... Eventually later. that'll come out of the developer and eventually, in theory, the developer will get to set what that is. Yes. So the developer can say streamers get 0% or streamers get 10% and Epic is... I talking about maybe we should set it so that the streamer gets a minimum of five we don't know yet like this is an ongoing conversation i don't think like the epic game store is so new mm. i don't even i don't know like i don't know i don't know i should probably figure that out because i'm a person in the games industry and i'm a huge fan of everything that epic does but I, like dude i don't know why you would be like other than you just don't like the idea of a streamer having money like i like other than you're like no not them. Like if that well, that sale. Well, giving them a percentage. Yeah, but that you're you're setting a percentage of that's money not coming to you. It's money not coming to you, but it's potentially money you would not maybe have made without that person having watched the streamer play the game, and then they went, "Oh, do you want to buy it? Use this referral link." Like that's that's an extra sale, surely. I think. I don't know. Well, it depends. Would somebody have bought that game without the link? But instead, they're like, oh, but my I'm going to wait till my favorite streamer streams it so they can get a cut. Like, there's two ways it could go. I mean, don't get me wrong. There will be a case for that. There will be people that want to support whatever streamer or content creator they particularly like. And they're like, yeah, I, I will always buy with their referral link. But that's going to be a smaller percentage than I think people that are like... They were literally buying this game based off of watching someone else play it and being like, oh, that was cool. I'll buy it. And there's the link. Cool. That gives them like 10 bucks. All right. Click. Like, and then you're, then a sale is gained. I'm not sure yeah. there's a massive downside to this being a thing. 
I don't think so either. I think it's a really healthy and good thing. Yeah. I, and I, I think like, uh, I, I, and personally, the way I see it is like Epic is asking for such a smaller percentage of sales versus Steam. Yeah, that's a thing. But, like, it's still on the whole a lot less money than Steam and honestly, probably better marketing uh, mm. for certain devs, you know? I mean, I, there's always the conversation of like, you don't like specific content creators and what their audience is or what their message is but all of that still exists anyway if you see what i mean and also if it's you if you at least the only caveat i can see that would be good is that the developer gets a choice so like you could say oh i don't want to be part of that and then and then there just isn't that option and then i that would be the only thing that would make a difference if that exists then i'm like well don't worry about it you you choose you choose the percentage all good yeah i mean i'm glad we're talking about this now and not three weeks ago because people were pretty heated about this three weeks ago oh really honestly yeah on twitter like I missed those that are somehow. why did they get i don't know i keep accidentally wandering into these <laughs> <laughs> fucking conversations on twitter yeah just I need to shut the fuck up, I think, is what the world comes down to. Well, but Because personally, I don't, like, as a developer who, like, I would love to be on the Epic Games Store. That sounds great. Hey, guys, what's up? But uh, the I wouldn't have any problem with that whatsoever. I think that's a brilliant idea. Who did you just I think say that, hello to? What? Uh, in case anybody from Epic was listening. Oh, was right. Like, <laughs> Someone just walked just into the kinda, room. <laughs> I don't know, like. I was like, hey, hey, you know, like, I wouldn't mind that. That'd be cool. Yeah. What's up, Epic? Really I, I, I would like to be on the <laughs> Epic store as well. Just me, personally. And, you know, I'm available for any events that you might want to do. I'm in America now. I'm here. Just, you know, give me a call. Why are, honestly, why are we limiting the storefront to simply games and game development? Mm. Why not also gaming personalities? Yeah. You know, like, let's... Uh, I'm available. Let, uh, you know, I... <laughs> My weekdays are pretty full, but my weekends are available, so hit me up. Yeah, yeah. Let's expand what a storefront could be. Yeah, it's an idea. It's an idea. Anyway. I always thought, I don't know. I I mean, I have this, like, I don't know how to put it. You know I'm excited about game engines. You know I love game engines. I am stuff. aware that you are excited <laughs> about game engines, yes. Uh, I always... And I always thought there would be a lot of game engines someday. That they would... That we would fracture... Like, dream? right now... Okay, well, I mean... It's like a young kid. I hope there's more <laughs> game engines. Well, I, I did. Well, I still... It could still happen. I Like, I don't... I, I like... Uh, how do I put it? So right now, I think Unreal is this juggernaut. And mm. I think Unity is this other juggernaut that's fighting Unreal. But mm. I think there is a space for smaller, more focused game engines. I always have. I just thought it'd be cool if there was like a marketplace for smaller, more focused game engines. And I think that's kind of happening, but what it's turning into is like, instead of it being a separate game engines that are bespoke, it's like they're selling modules within Unity on the Unity Asset Store or modules within Unreal, on the Unreal Epic Game Store. What do we call it? The Unreal Marketplace. So you're thinking like, for example, you're making a puzzle game. You're thinking, what if there was an engine that was tailored to that variety of game? Yeah. Like, what if there was a an engine that was... Basically, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say where the line is between developing a game and developing, like, a 
a mod for a game. Mm. Sorry, I just got pinged on Twitter and it's like, <laughs> I am so easily distracted. But the, the go, go back to what I was, but like, uh, a lot of game developers today got their start building maps and um, extensions and mods for things like, uh, like the Blizzard games back in the day, yeah. like Warcraft maps and things like that. And then people started or started building other things in different engines. Like I feel like the people back in the day that were modding Warcraft, I still see that kind of creativity in, in these days. It's happening in Unity or it's happening in Unreal. Mm. And so our, this creativity is just becoming more powerful. Instead of modding maps for an existing game, you're kind of creating games. Um, and I can see a world, especially now today, where there are so many... Everybody's learning how to program in elementary school and shit. Yeah. Like I can... I can see a world where we are um, modding where, yeah, basically like game engines get more focused or people are crafting, are building on a game engine, building modules for game engines that allow them to make different things. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I just, I, I can see a world where that's possible maybe, but I don't think, I don't know what shape that's going to take. This goes back to I was always really interested in dreams and what that could be. I, I'm really interested in the space that is that allows people to be creative and make things that is somewhere in between like um, learning to code and making something at the very lowest level and at the very highest level like modding an existing game. Well, yeah, you know I, mean? I know I completely understand. Like that, that kind of translates to all like media and how it's got easier to access the fact that streaming exists is like a fucking wonder of live broadcasting like the complicated software that has to be in place and then made user-friendly in order to just broadcast live video <laughs> around the world was i gotta love i gotta love with you i never found streaming to be that intuitive <laughs> like maybe i'm the only one in the world, but I found it weird. You like use you OBS though, Gwen. It's uh, we've had this conversation. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, OBS is pretty intuitive as well now. But anyway, carry on. You, oh like... wait, don't you use OBS Classic? No, I, I use the new one. Oh, good. But good. like, I feel like streaming should be. You go to Twitch and you hit a button, and it's just in the browser. Well, this is like, I'd... yeah, this is where companies are going. And this is where, uh, like, things are heading towards. It is definitely slightly more complicated than that. Like, you do have to buy hardware. But uh, I suppose my point being that you can, like, I've got, like, you've, have you seen the Elgato Stream Deck? No. Okay, so it's a little switch box that you can customize the buttons and all that stuff. So it's about 14 buttons on a box. But it's a live TV mixer in an $129 mm -hmm. tiny box that plugs in via USB. And it interacts with XSplit or OBS and you can change your scenes and have things happen. And it's fucking okay. amazing. I remember showing this to a dude who worked in live television and was explaining it to him. And he was like, wait, that's a live mixer. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, those things used to cost tens of thousands of dollars and you had to hire a truck. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> they turned up in that. And he was like looking at this box being like, this is insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> this exists. 
it's like, Dude, I, you know. I feel you, but I, I still feel like you're getting excited about the most complicated thing becoming slightly more accessible. I guess. I'm, t- I'm talking about like, why do I have to install some other software? Why can't I literally, if I have a webcam on my pe- like on my laptop, yes. why can't I just go to Twitch and hit a button and be streaming? In browser. Why do I, yeah, like why do I got to like fi- install a different piece of software, set it up? Like, get a link from from Twitch, put it, like, manage these profile settings. Like, I, why isn't there a path, even if it's a shitty path, which is just, I hit a button and I am streaming. Because I feel like that should have been the first thing, right? Like, that should be, that should be where we are, in my opinion. Um, I've, a lot of it is to do, so, as, as my understanding of it is, is... The encoding of video that is the difficult cpu intensive task particularly if you're taking in a source that isn't your computer like a video game that mm-hmm. you have that all needs to be encoded through your cpu and gpu if you're offloading and then back out to the internet which is so there is some interesting stuff like the twitch app on ios you can do exactly that if you want an IRL stream or you just want to stream from your phone, you just mm-hmm. can click go live from the Twitch app. And definitely, I think what you're describing, that is one of the next steps for streaming to become more and more accessible. Mm-hmm. It's it, it becomes complicated when it's encoding different video signals is where it uh, requires yeah, a computer that's... and all of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I guess I see that definitely, totally. And I didn't even really think about like, yeah, I, I haven't thought about why it would be hard. I oh, just you shouldn't have to. It's the same thing. It's it, <laughs> that's the thing. It's the same way that I don't understand things in video games, where I'm just like, why don't you just make it not broken? Like that's <laughs> you know what I mean. Like it's exactly the same shit where I have no understanding of it. Like I've been playing Anthem recently, and. That game's like it's. I keep playing it because EA give you a ten-hour trial of mm-hmm. their games. If and you're, you're like, I need to get the most out of my zero dollars here, man. Well, you know, I'm playing it, and I'm in. I'm obviously enjoying it because I keep going back to it. Like, I will wake up in the morning, have my breakfast, and then I'll turn that on and sit and play that for like half an hour. Mm. So I already want to debate you. I think just because you keep going back to something doesn't mean you enjoy it. Well, this is what I'm wondering, Gwen, because a big part of my brain is sitting there going like, oh, this is pretty, like, it's very, like, the story is, particularly at the beginning, before you get into characters, it's like Destiny, but somehow more convoluted, and I'm like, you're just throwing words at me that you've made up, and I don't know what any of it means, or who any of these people are, and then the gameplay is not as refined as Destiny, and... It's kind of glitchy, and but but I'm still playing it, and I'm playing it more than I've played anything in a while. Like I've almost done this ten-hour trial, and mm-hmm. but still, I couldn't tell you exactly what I like about this video game. But you do like it. You feel like you like it. I think I'm playing it. That's what I'm basing <laughs> that on. I like that. Does it? That doesn't mean anything. You can play things that make you sad. I've been there, man. Like so you. 
some of it becomes just habit. And I don't want to, good God, I don't want to shit in this game. I've, um, I personally haven't played it yet, but like, I've got a lot of friends that worked on it. So that's pretty shitty of me. I'm just not playing anything right now. Like, I just want to throw that out yeah. there. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I love you all. Because I do have a lot of friends that worked on that game. This goes back into I can't criticize any game anymore because right? I always know somebody. Yeah. I always know the people. But That's got to be difficult because, yeah, this is a Bioware game. It's got a lot of really good people on it. And, and like, it's, it's weird. The only reason I even add a caveat is because if you asked me, what do you like about the game? I couldn't, other than saying the flight's kind of cool, but even then I can add caveats where I'm like, yeah, but why do you overheat? Why then? Da, 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 da. Like, <laughs> I couldn't give you a sentence as to why I like it. So that's the only confusion on my part. But yeah, I am playing it more than I've played any video game for quite a while. Hey, I'm... Uh, it, if it makes you... I've played games before out of habit. That's all I want to say. Mm. Like, uh, and, and sometimes it's not a bad thing. That's a lot better than staring at a wall. Well, um, yeah, and I've done a lot of that, so, you know. Mm. And it sometimes, has... <laughs> it has got... Sometimes you just get sad and stare at a wall. Yeah, sometimes you do. Like, that's, you know, you're, we're grown-ups now. You, sometimes that's what you got to do. But <laughs> it's uh, it has got that weird kind of... It scratches an itch where you go, I walk around a place. I upgrade my thing. I make my thing look nicer. I get in the thing and fly off to a mission. I, the missions are generally the same. I go to place. I shoot thing. I go to other place. Shoot things. Click thing. Shoot more things. Click thing. Leave. So it's, I did it. It's familiar but pretty and new, right? Yeah. I guess that's it, right? Like, it's all... It looks fucking nice. And there are some... So one thing that elevates it above Destiny, and I'm now just talking about Anthem... But one thing that elevates mm -hmm. it above Destiny is it's got much more likable characters. Once I got over the info dump, you start getting into the Bioware realm of like, oh, I actually kind of like this. I like this character. Like, I couldn't tell you that I like or care about anyone in the game Destiny. However much time I put into it, it'd keep giving me these characters and be like, look, it's Nathan Fillion. And I'd be like, that's great. He seems like he's <laughs> hilarious. And like I, that, that would be it. But this game, like, I've, there's already, like, at least uh, two characters that I'm like, stuff will happen to them. And I'll go, oh, oh, no, not you. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, that's the glory. Of, I mean, they're leaning into what they're good at, I hope. There would be their stories. Like, that's what they do. They do that so well. Um, and I, this is definitely a huge excursion for them as a studio. I mm. think, like, Destiny, you're coming up against... I'm sure the shooting in that game was better just so because good. yeah like this is all that this is what that studio <laughs> yeah, does. Yeah, it's bungee. It's what they've known yeah. like this is their world, this is all they do. And I think it's interesting you get a studio with a very very different perspective, a studio that's stu that's story focused mm. um on this and from a, a high like as somebody who hasn't played the game standing back like a million yards I think it's interesting to see a genre being approached by some by a studio that's wouldn't typically approach that genre. However, that's also a massive risk, right? Like mm. you're a studio, you're taking a chance that people who like story-driven games don't play shooters because the stories are bad or 
that people who play shooters really secretly wish the stories were better. You kind of have to believe one of those two things if you want to believe the anthem is going to be a massive hit. Um, mm, and I don't know. It's interesting as well because like I'm about nine hours into playing it, and I guess I could kind of tell you what's going on. Like, there's still a level of this upfront info dump that it did. And I keep saying info dump, which sounds bad, but there was a there's cutscenes in this game, like kind of long ones, and one of the f- the the first bunch was a lot of like, this is what this world is, and then there's this group and this group and this group, and then now Ugh. this group is gone, and now there's these giant things, and now but the people don't believe in this group anymore, and you're in that group, but then there's these two other groups that you've kind of forgotten about because they haven't been mentioned for the last six hours. One of them's just cropped back up. Oh no, they're back, and it's like, who, what? I'm not even sure if I'm on <laughs> Earth. I couldn't confirm that. Like, I realized that the other day. I was flying around. I was like, I wonder what planet I'm on or what year this is. Does it matter? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard. Is it? Is it a linear story too? It can't be if it's a giant. Well, this is the thing. It kind of is. There's side stories, but the mm. plot is for like it's a forward plot. Like it keeps going. Hmm. So it's, and yeah, it's odd because there's, it makes, like, it will tell you, like, this is so much better with friends, but then there's also quite a bit of dialogue and cutscenes. and I imagine if I was playing it with friends, I'd have to tell them to be quiet so I could listen to the <laughs> cutscenes yeah. and stuff. Whereas the gameplay is very much like, shoot, 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 fly, 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 which lends itself to just chatting with friends. And, but even then, it matchmakes you. Like I have not played with anyone I know yet. I've ju- it just matchmakes me with three other people, and it hasn't me re- to me anyway. I haven't really felt any benefit from these people being there. That just I guess it makes the difficulty easier. But then I'm always mm-hmm. playing it on hard anyway because I found regular to be very easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll say if you're gonna if if I was approaching a game like that, um, I I wouldn't put people into cutscenes, I would approach it more. There's a difference between making um, a game with cutscenes that are similar to a movie and making a game that's kind of like theater in the round where yes. an event unfolds and everybody can walk around and you can still see your friends and you're uh-huh. watching this event unfolding without taking control of the camera and pointing the camera at the scene. Yeah. Because as soon as you do, or even if you kind of do that, but keep the camera pulled out enough that you can still see you, your character and your friends, like, there's there's a point where you have to be like, okay, in order to make this a multiplayer game, we have to stop being a cinematic cutscene-driven uh, cut yeah. game. It's odd because the people you're with... Like, when you go into a cutscene that's in relation to a mission, which generally will happen at the end of a mission, but sometimes I've had one that happened, like, midway, none of the three other people are in it. Like, it's as if they... Even in the whole gameplay, they're not there. Like, it's you and the other NPCs all talking. Like, the three other people don't exist for the purposes of the story, which is odd. Not odd. I mean, it's kind of normal. It's not unusual for video games to do that at all. Mm-hmm. Like, they, I think they do that in Destiny all the time. But still, it's like... It's an odd choice. It's not an odd choice, but you know what I mean. It's... Uh, yeah. Like you say... Did... Oh, go ahead. I was going to... I was going to pivot and ask about the technology. Oh, was the yes. game buggy? Was it pretty? What did it look the like? The game looks super nice. It is buggy, but also it 
came out properly like yesterday so you could play 10 hours of this game as a member of ea access as part of your membership before the day one patch had come out so there was a lot of bugs but you were being told well but you're playing an early access version of this game Mm -hmm. the day one patch is coming out when the actual release date is because this game had a lot of different versions of it that you could there was that graph that they put out explaining all the ways you can play anthem (laughs) and it was like a super people like this is the most ea thing ever because there was like six options of this graph and when you're able to play it like on the xbox first if you have ea access and also you've pre-ordered it then if you're on an xbox and you have ea access then if you're on a playstation and you have like you've pre-ordered it and that's brilliant yeah they're rolling it out they're making sure they don't just slam their servers immediately yeah they, they had a lot of roll a lot of steps yeah so like yeah. a day one patch has come out now like i had an issue where this my so i have a sound bar attached to my tv and I was playing it and suddenly the soundbar made like a noise and there was no more sound. And I was like, oh, has my soundbar broken? But I pressed the menu button on the Xbox and I'd get the whoa, like little noise. And I was like, huh. Mm-hmm. So I tweeted about it. Someone replied, I think she works with Games Radar. I was like, yeah, that's a bug that the sound will just go. I was like, oh, <laughs> quite the bug. But then it was always uh, with the caveat of like, well, the day one patch hasn't come out yet so but then Mm. i remember trying to play the free demo they did a while back and i couldn't even play it it was so weirdly laggy and broken that you couldn't even interact with it which i still persisted because i was like i think this is something i want to play but i know for a lot of people that was very off-putting for them they were like Mm. oh the game's broken and it was like well no this is a this is a demo and so it was difficult yeah You'll never get a second chance at a first impression. And yeah. I, uh, man, I, I really wanted that game to do well. I love, I love a lot of the people that work there. Um, I and love I, the studio. I think Bioware is always putting out consistently they pretty good stuff. Except for their last one. Well, I guess Mass like, Effect I mean, Andromeda. Yeah, I guess if we're being, so, being fair, that wasn't really that. I, oh, I've tried with that game and I could, it, nothing about it grabbed me. But anyway. No, I, I think, um, and it was would have been a good game. I think they had a lot of technical difficulties. I think they. Um, I was hoping. I don't. I don't know enough about this, and I know too many people involved, so I don't want to be like no, a I bitch about it. Yeah. I, I really. I wanted them to have a strong showing, at least technically, so that they could kind of um, because they're fre- they're flexing frostbite. They're yes. proving what frostbite can do, and I was kind of like low key. I don't know if you know this, but I'm kind of excited about game engines. Cause <laughs> like, <laughs> Sounds kind of out. really game and kind of really into that one in particular. I've always heard some interesting things animation wise. They're going to be announcing a lot more at uh, GDC too. By ah, the way, interesting. Yeah, don't get me wrong. This game does look very nice. That I would. <laughs> the only weird caveat I have is I always feel the camera, the field of view is too close. So like, you walk around. This is like really specific, but you walk around the hub city in first person. And it looks like a uh, sort of Middle Eastern kind of market area that you're in. Uh, mm-hmm. But then if you look up, there's this amazing skybox and this these giant like uh, architectural like pillars going up into the sky. But 
it's not in your field of vision at all without tilting up. So it was like, oh god, yes, you know this is the most cliche game dev thing ever. The like you're you'll make a scene and then your uh, the lead designer will always go to you and be like, yo, no one ever looks up. They're not going to see that. No one looks up. Stop putting things. No one looks up. The they just don't. It's just not what people do. It's weird because like, and for some reason it made me go like, oh well, because I was looking around. I was like, oh, this place looks kind of not that exciting to look at. Because it looks all kind of like run down and like all that. But then above you are these white futuristic looking pillars and this wall and this amazing billions of stars skybox. And I was like, why can't I see that at the same time? <laughs> and it's a really, that's not even a problem. I just remember that being a tiny little like. And also I was like, why am I in first person in the hub? But I'm in third person in the world and I can't pick. I want to be in third person all the time because I move all slow in first person and yeah I don't know hmm. so the tiny little those are tiny little things that are still balanced out by the fact that it's like it's a really pretty game like especially when you get out into the world outside of the city like it's pretty stunning and the character designs are while not amazing, are still nice to look at. So yeah, it's a good game. I'm enjoying it. I'm glad you're liking it. I, I hope it does well. I, I haven't been following the press about that at all or anything about it. So I'm, I'm going in blind right here. I've been so like under a rock getting ready for GDC. Like I'm drowning right now on like the most... I'm just drowning right now. It's just all it is. Yeah. <laughs> so like... I haven't... I haven't been able to, to keep up with stuff, me, but I, me I, I really want them to do well. Yeah. That's what I was saying. I was like, this is the first game I've probably played in quite a while as well. So it's definitely got that going for it. Yeah. I did take a break last weekend and played Civ. I saw <laughs> you tweeting something about you had a question for on Twitter, like a poll, but then... I think some of your replies, you're just like, oh, I, I just, I do this and then I get bored. Now I'm just going to play Civ again. <laughs> yeah, I go on Twitter in when I rage quit Civ. Oh, um, shit. That's the same thing that uh, Marcos is a buddy of mine from a Discord I go to a lot. And he was just like, why don't you ever stream playing games? And it just goes back to, because I know the people that made these games. Yeah. And I, can't, I like... I don't, it's, I don't want to hit a bug or make their game look bad. I don't want to, like, I can't be honest. I know, like, I can't separate. I, if if I'm not streaming, I can play a game and have fun and enjoy it. Mm. But if I'm streaming in my head, I'm like, oh, God, what if this gets back to Mike? And then, you know, Mike sees that I, like, hated this moment. <laughs> and then now I've got a when we're drinking at GDC, he's like, so I saw you really didn't like when I animated. Like, I don't want to, it just causes drama because you get so emotionally involved in what you make. Of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's part of you and, and it's your livelihood and you don't want to, you know, the, like, I'm not a games critic. I'm not somebody who's supposed to be impartial about stuff. Mm. You know, like this isn't, I, I don't even like, that's not my world. My world is I'm a game developer and I, uh, if I, if I say I don't like something and then somebody's like, yo, why did you say you don't like that? I can't just be like, well, I got to be honest because, you know, my, my viewers I must be depend. Honest. Yeah. 
my viewers depend on a fair and balanced. You're like, no, no, they, I don't have any fucking viewers. That's not how this is. I, you know, I, I just, I got nothing to hide behind here. Like I'm, yeah. So no, I don't think I'll ever stream games. I don't think I should. I just think it'd be weird. I can't handle, like sometimes I'll be streaming and somebody will raid me with like, I don't know, even just like 60 people. And all of a sudden there's 60 strangers and I am ending that stream within 20 minutes. Like, I just can't, I, I just can't do it. Yeah. Like I, There's suddenly people there and you're like, oh, this isn't why I'm doing this. Goodbye. It's not people. It's people that don't know me. Yeah. Like, like if you, if you wandered into my, if a handful of people wandered my stream and they get to know me and I'm like, oh, that's fine. People come from Twitter. It's because like, I don't have that many Twitter followers. My Twitter followers know me. Mm. I've probably met most of them at like a show <laughs> or something, right? Like there's. Yeah. Or at least we've, we've talked online. They know what I'm about. You mm. know, like, I, I don't, like, interact with strangers much. And so when it's suddenly, like, a lot of strangers unexpected and I'm, like, sitting here in, like, my fucking T-shirt on a Saturday, like, I, I don't know what to do. That's weird. The, like, I can't. The perils can't do of it. streaming. <laughs> I don't, this just goes back to all of it. Yeah, like, I, I don't, there's the side of, like there's a side of Twitch and Twitter and all this social media stuff that's really fun, and there's a side where it's like, oh crap, now there's strangers. Like I didn't, I I was happy in my bubble. I didn't mean for this to leave the bubble. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, the bubble is good. The bubble is a good place to be. It's safer there, man. When everything comes yeah. out from the bubble, it's like, whoa, no, mm -hmm. thank you, sir. Yeah, this is on my mind right now. <laughs> yeah. I got this. Uh, did you see what happened on? Uh, you know what happened on Twitter? yesterday we'll oh. talk about it when it when it dies down a bit more yeah i think so i think we'll, you'll get some much needed perspective on the absolute storm you're within and uh, <laughs> be able to look back on it with video footage and whatnot maybe i had a, I, I have a, I have a superpower which is whenever i just can't take it because there's like a lot of strangers saying stuff mm. i have my boyfriend turn off twitter like he can go into the host file and make it so that our internet can't reach Twitter. Yeah, you. I remember you saying something about this. Like, so he can. He's like technologically adept enough that he can actually not just block Twitter. It's like no, it doesn't exist. You you try and go on it, it's not there. Yeah, in the like, if I, I had a bad hot take the other day, and uh, I woke up at like I I said it. I was talk. I was laid off from Irrational. I was talking with some other friends on Twitter that were also laid off from Irrational. I had a bad take. I went to sleep. I woke up the next day and it was like, holy crap, there are thousands of notifications. And I sat here for like an hour debating if I should delete this tweet. And then I'm getting like my audio guy is pinging me because I haven't given him feedback yet. And I've been awake for an hour. And I just go to my boyfriend and I'm like, baby, I need you to remove Twitter from the host file. <laughs> and I don't know what that means. It's basically like saying abracadabra. Like, I don't know yeah. what it means. I just know that he does a thing. And then if somebody messages me a tweet, it doesn't, it's not there. And if I go to Twitter, it's not there. It's uh. not on my phone. And there, and I just live in a world where there is no Twitter. And it's beautiful. And I love that yeah, world, Yeah, that man. sounds like a good world. I'm, I'm a fan of that world. It is, yeah. <laughs> but we'll get into that another time, Gwen, because I've just realized we've been talking for nearly an hour. And that's like a whole <laughs> other show. Yeah, probably. All right, we'll talk about that next time. It was great chatting with you, Chris Light. You too, Gwen. This has been Gwen Frey and Chris Light, and you've been in the Dialogue Box.